the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Folklore and legendary amongst former through section and day hikers on the Appalachian Trail. As we head into New Hampshire on this podcast episode, I thought I was prepared, but honestly, nothing prepares you for the whites. Join us, Trail Towns, New Hampshire, on the Hashtag 59 Podcast. trail that when you get to New Hampshire and Maine, 80% of the miles are done, but only 50% of the hardness and toughness of the trail is done. I think you found that to be true, right? I felt that in New Hampshire. For all the warnings and all the information that I read about how hard it was going to be, I still think it might have lived up to and or exceeded its potential. I looked here, I looked up New Hampshire. It says that there was 160 miles of the AT in New Hampshire. Felt like 1,600. <laughs> I only t- hiked about 60 of it. Uh, so welcome back to the Hashtag 59 podcast. Your co-hosts, Mike R. and Jill G. And we are in the state of New Hampshire yep. for its 160 miles. We're going to start with the border crossing with Vermont, though, which leads you across the Connecticut River, across a bridge, Mm, right into the college town of Ivy League School, Dartmouth, into the town of Hanover, which is probably the most interestingly placed trail town of the entire Appalachian Trail, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's right through the heart of campus. Literally, I walked through the main drag of campus yeah i shouldn't say i don't know if it's in the middle of campus but it it is at least on the border of it you're like there's like their big like student lawn area plus a ton of restaurants and their whole main street you basically walk right through the main street of the town i walked by i walked by like the student union the food Mm co-op where i would assume the students work and the professor shop and then around the softball fields and you go right back into the woods from there yeah. yeah, it's super interesting, though, mm-hmm. to be able it's to go there. It's a beautiful campus. I'd never been before. Yeah. Uh, also, we were able to find a place right off trail in Hanover to camp, mm-hmm. which when we got there, I got to say, we were a little confused. So we stayed at Stores Pond Recreation Area, which I would recommend if you were hiking. It was one of my favorite campgrounds. Yeah. But when we got there, it's like a... It's off trail, though, like yeah, if you're hiking. Five miles. Yeah. Yeah, five minute or five-minute drive, a couple miles. But uh, it's, a swim, it's a swim club. It's a recreation center. It's like the city pool and uh, tennis courts. There is, of course, a pond there as well where a lot of, like, people were getting in it. It seemed like there was also a lot of events there because they had a lot of picnic areas and it felt like every day they had somebody new up on the board, like a different group was gathering there. We, we actually ran into the Overland summer crew camping next to us, which it was really funny because the first night there was nobody there. Right. Nobody in this, and we had this. We had a. I mean, what what would you say? We had a half an acre well, to we ourselves. Really, we really didn't. Like the camp spots were actually more like tenting spots, and so he told us we could just park in this meadow area, 
and so we did so we were in the middle of nowhere but it wasn't super populated when we were there the next night though it was probably about seven o'clock at night and this whole group of probably young adults i would say show up in in almost like a looking like a hitch like a u-haul like a van with like a u-haul hitch and they're backing up and they're reversing and they're moving in and i go to well, the. well we thought it was like three people we did i did too and then i go to the restroom and i come back and there's like 15 like, kids it's a humongous like yeah like they were packed into that van and they all got out and were very excited what would you say like Middle school age? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was actually pretty nice. We talked to one of the counselors and they're part of the over, it's called the Overland Summer Crew, which is, uh, you can take trips in primarily in the Northeast. That's where it started on, I would consider it like outdoor adventure trips. Yeah. Like hike, so hiking trips. Yep. And they pair Just you up get with. to enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. So it was, it was really nice. So we shared Stores Pond with them. So it was funny though, because during the day at Stores Pond, hundreds of people are there. Like all of Hanover, swimming, playing tennis, yep. and then at night, everybody left, and we had this huge area in like yeah. right next to downtown Hanover, New Hampshire, all to ourselves. It was a cool spot. It's really pretty. While there, uh, there was a there was a couple nice gaps that I could hike in and out of, and we always talk about the different ways in which you can hike the trail. And I ran into a guy named Dolphin who was section hiking and he was hiking all of New Hampshire again before he was moving to North Carolina, he said. So he hikes each state at a time. Mm. So he's hiked Georgia and he's hiked Tennessee and Virginia and he does them one at a time. And he said uh, before he moved to North, he was moving to North Carolina in the fall. He wanted to rehike Vermont new hampshire or maine so he was doing new hampshire and was hoping to get in another one of the states okay and he said he's done this though over 20 25 years Mm -hmm. so i just think it's just another nice example of how you can experience the trail yeah i can't remember if we've talked about that on here just talked about it with each other but it seems like everybody has their own way of hiking it you hear a lot about through hiking which of course there is a percentage of people that do that but more often than not, we ran into people that are section hiking or that are doing lashes or like that state by state. It just kind of depend. Really neat. Really neat. From there, we, well, I went and did, did probably one of the more interesting things that they have going on, I think, in the Northeast hiking area. And that is the mountain, the Appalachian mountain huts. Yes. It's very cool. And, you know, I wish you could have come, but you were a great sport. They are not dog-friendly for overnight stays. And our dog could not have hiked into the White Mountains where I was going. So you stayed back, and I went in and stayed at the Galehead Hut. And these are huts that were built over... I think this one was built in 1938. And there are these old-school mountain huts that are built into the White Mountains that you can stay at. No frills, but you get a bunk, uh, you get food, 
bathroom. Bathroom? I mean, really nice considering you're in the middle of nowhere. No frills in regards to accommodations, but you had some really good food. Like, they make you, like, they have a full kitchen and they make you food. It's unbelievable. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't want people to think they're going to the Four Seasons. Right. Yeah, it's not, it's not that, but it is. For backcountry camp, it is a really. Incredible Backcountry experience. experience. Yeah. Now, there's three of them total or four? Six, Oh, I think. Yeah, six <laughs> okay, or seven. six of them. And, and you made your res. You don't have to, but it is highly recommended that you make reservations. Especially in the, in the summer on the weekends, mm-hmm. they said. Uh, they're also, some of them are open in the winter. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so there's a couple of opportunities. One, you can pay and stay. If you're a through hiker, you can actually come and do a work stay for the night. And it enables the through hikers sometimes if they don't want to pay or can't afford to pay to stay inside in the area that is known as the worst weather in the entire world, (laughs) the white mountains, you know, and the white mountains, is it? yeah, the Mount Washington is known as the worst weather in the world. I guess I knew that. I didn't know if it was the whole white mountains or just Mount Washington. Well, Mount Washington, but that whole area is known to unpredictable, dangerous, horrible, weather yeah uh mount washington while we're on it is also known as the it has recorded the highest winds in the entire world ever in the history of the world since winds have been recorded and it's known as the most dangerous mountain in the world i've heard a lot about that yeah just because of i guess what would you say it's exposure that it can change so rapidly. And there's so, so you, many and there's so many people that have access to it. Whereas like, you know, so you can start a hike at the base and it could be a really wonderful day out and the weather could turn quite abruptly. Yes. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Everest uh, or you know, these mountains in the Himalayas, they take they take 10 days to even get to them sometimes. Yeah. This one you can drive from Boston mm-hmm. that morning. Uh, so, but I I did a couple different hikes in the white mountains and and two things about this section of the appalachian trail in the white mountains one the most humbling mountain hikes i've ever done in my life because they're all 3500 to 4500 to 5500 feet in elevation Mm -hmm. not high comparably to the peaks in colorado and california and even washington and they are just so doggone tough to go up and down Mm -hmm. twin mountain which i hiked you dropped me off at the gale river trail Mm -hmm. i hiked into the appalachian trail and then up to the galehead hut even got to dump my pack Mm -hmm. went up galehead mountain and then i did twin mountain and garfield mountain which are part of the iconic presidential range from the hut you did that the next day it's twin mountain i did that day Uh and Garfield the next day. Uh, these are, but when you get up there into the trail, it's only a one mile, two miles away, and they gain 800 to 1800 feet in a half a mile mm-hmm. on these trails. I have never hiked so slow up and down, and I just really, I mean, humbling would be the best word I could use to describe the White Mountains. Total side note, and I think I've told you this before. Uh, and I know that your parents listen to the podcast, but when I ever, when I started hiking, it was with you and your family and we would go to Colorado 
And as we were planning our hikes for the next day, everybody would always talk about the elevation gain. And I remember just kind of zoning out to it, of course, and then it being very humbling the next day. But it always makes me think of that now because now I'm so attuned to that when we go somewhere, I look at it to determine if I'm gonna do it or not. And back then I just thought it was frankly a lot of gibberish, we, if, but I just didn't understand it. If you would have started hiking in the White Mountains, you would have just gone right on up any of them. so, yeah. Yes. And now I, I know better than that. So it was interesting as well being there uh, I talked to two through hikers and two other section hikers. Uh, you were, I was going to hike out uh, across Mount Lincoln and Mount Lafayette down to an area called Franconia Notch. Mm -hmm. And I called an audible because I was talking to these two through hikers, Victory and Meadow, and these two young section hikers. These dudes were like 24 years old trying to bag as many mountains as they could. And they came in off of Garfield Ridge, all four of them, and said it was like the hardest hike they've ever done in their entire life yeah and i asked the victory and meadow they had just come from franconia notch i said well when did when did you come from there and they're like two days ago and they'd been hiking the appalachian trail yeah from georgia and i and they're like i don't think you're going to be able to do that in nine hours yeah because we had kind of determined to drop because we wanted to do something else there as well and so you probably you definitely could have made it it just would have taken you a lot longer. And I, and I think that's my point with these mountains yeah. is distance is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Even elevation is sort of irrelevant because it just takes a really long time to hike these. They're hard. These are not paved trails. Also, when you did Garfield the next day, it was one of the few days that you hiked with a pack, which I get again shows a lot of respect for those that are backpacking because just that little bit, and you didn't have a huge pack, but just that little bit, I'm sure, made a difference. So yeah, the whites are humbling. Uh, the last thing I'll say about, you know, you talk about respect given, um, the crew of these white mountain huts. So I had an all, I had the, an all women crew, four, four women working these huts. They pack in and out two days a week, all the trash, all any any consumable being used and they bring back in the food from that hiking trail that i started at do you know what those packs are called no but i'll i'll we'll promote and show some of the photos they're these really it's these really long they're not like what you would consider standard backpacking gear almost as like a shelf on your back yeah and it's so that if you fall you can get out from underneath it yeah they carry it very high i mm -hmm. think on their shoulder kind of so this crew goes in and out. They do one helicopter drop a year, uh, the beginning of the year, and to haul the uh, compostable toilet uh, leftovers yep. out at the end of the year. Really quite amazing, though, what they're doing up there uh, with these mountain huts. So if you ever get the chance and have the opportunity to do it, I would highly recommend it. I mean, it is, it's not cheap. It was like $165 for the night, which is like the night... Some people would expect like a nice like hotel. Also included your food though. Yeah, I thought it was great. I also didn't, sh you showed a picture too. They did a little bit of education in the evening. You guys were all sitting outside and kind of talked to you about the area and probably some history of the hut too. Yeah, it was, yeah. Re it was a really neat experience. And the last fun thing about these is I guess they do raids on each other's huts to steal fun items to then have in their hut. 
Like, give an example. Uh, like a, th- so they have this, um, dogs must be on a leash sign in their, mm-hmm. in their hut. Just and, funny little fun uh, things. And they had a Route 66 sign. Or did you say, like, somebody said there was a good fan or yes, something? Yes, a good fan. Them, yeah. But the rules are you cannot do the raid until after, they have, I think, suppers served to the people who attend at 6 p.m. And then... Didn't you say after dark? Yeah, so it has to be after dark. It has so you to have be... to hike in the dark to the other yes, hut. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, because if not, you're working, and on the clock is the idea behind that. It's cute. Great experience. Highly recommend it. Uh, let's uh, continue on our time in New Hampshire. Another trail town we stayed in. Bump it on. Return to the scene of the crime. Conway, New Hampshire. Friends... I'm going to let Jill tell this story. It's not much of a story. I just thought that you were trying to get rid of me once by taking me up White Horse. I don't know what it was. White Horse Trail, White Horse Mountain. It's the White Horse, White Horse Ledge and the Cathedral Ledge. Ledge, That was it. Yep. And it's hard to believe now, but at the time I thought it was one of the hardest hikes that I had done. Go back to that elevation story beyond Deer Mountain, which when I wasn't paying attention to elevation in Colorado, that one got me good more than once. But this one I thought was so hard. And you just whipped up it this time, didn't you? Still steep. It's, I it's, think it's, we got lost on it the first time. That is my recollection of it. We were kind of going in circles. It is a loop. Well, not the loop of the trail. Regardless, I did not have fond memories of that. I did of Conway. I loved that place, but not necessarily of Whitehorse Ledge. I went back there. So I opted out of doing it this time. Well, I went back there and I thought, (coughs) I can see why you didn't like me for taking you on this hike. Yeah. Is what I thought. I remember the down being bad. Very steep. Yeah. Kind of, you know, if you want to find out if you really want to go hike in the presidential range in the White Mountains, this might be a nice place to go. I guess I have my answer. Yeah, to go do a little uh, hike when you're in Conway, New Hampshire. So Conway, though, uh, you know, we set up shop there for a few days. Luchador Tacos was... Cute little place. Got some food to go. Several times, I think. Ate in the park with the van. It's so like we just wind up eating the to go in the parking lot. It's kind of funny. Well, and Conway was packed. Packed. I mean, I did not realize it was such a hot spot in the area. And there's tons of stuff to do restaurants and activities for families and places to stay. But I mean, going down that main drag was bumper to bumper no matter when. So we kind of just opted for the easy instead of going into kind of all that. Yep. So that was um, our second to last stop um, as we headed out of New Hampshire. I went up and hiked Mount Webster and Mount Jackson in the White Mountains on our way out of town and went to a waterfall there called Ripley Falls. And somebody was doing trail magic on the AT and had little playoff uh words i thought was real good a series of signs leading off of the side trail the at do you believe in trail magic cute very nice so just another example of uh trail angels but mount webster and mount jackson lead you up to mount washington if you're following the appalachian trail which you can drive to the top of mount washington you can take the cog railway to the top of mount washington or you can dare hike 
the windiest mountain in the world. Yeah. So lots gets, to do there. It gets pretty, I, I've heard it gets pretty uh, congested up at the top just because there's all those great ways of accessibility for so many different people. Yep. And we're going to wrap up uh, at Franconia Notch State Park where yeah. you went on a really interesting hike, I think. I liked it. It was the Flume Gorge, uh, I guess I was going to say tour, but trail, I suppose. And it's it's really neat. It has a ton of, um, has a it has a huge boardwalk. I think it says maybe. I'm not exactly sure how how long the boardwalk was, but it has this granite that rises like you're in almost what feels like a canyon kind of. And they've built this boardwalk years and years and years ago, and the water just rushes underneath. Actually, when we were at, I can't remember where we were at that one campground with the dog park. A guy in the dog park told me to go on this. He said it was one of the coolest hikes that he'd been on. And it's just a really nice, very manicured trail. Along that trail, there's actually these huge boulders, huge, that are left over from the glacial movement. So they kind of have a lot of information on the glaciers that used to be in that area. And then you hit the boardwalk, and it's not very long, um, but it really is beautiful. And then you kind of hike around on on the other side too. They say it takes one to two hours. It just took me an hour, but you could, if you had kids and stuff, it could take you a long time. It was really neat. Uh, so also, a little history about it. I just read in the pamphlet. It said a 93-year-old woman who was fishing discovered it in 1808. And um, there was a lot of signage on there, too, that I guess there was a huge boulder that kind of blocked, like, in between the two granite walls. And sometime around the 1880s, there was, like, a huge storm and flushed it through supposedly nobody knows where it's ever been ever since but it opened it up for then all of that water to continuously go through there it was really pretty it's like a stunningly beautiful place yeah and that you know new hampshire um we've enjoyed going there before uh appalachian trail or not appalachian trail it's world renowned for its hiking its skiing its outdoor scene it's a great license plate tagline, live free or die, mm -hmm. that goes on. But uh, a lot of Appalachian Trail hikers, I think, have commented that while very hard, you hear over and over again, it's at the top of their list for most memorable states. Yeah. And I think uh, it did not disappoint. No, there was a lot to do and a lot of all different levels of hiker or outdoor enthusiast there was also, I believe it was there, um, it was a state park that we drove through. I'm not going to be able to remember it. Do you remember what it was? Crawford Notch. Yeah. Yep. Crawford Notch, where there was a ton of hiking. I mean, tons. There was cars galore. Yeah. Because in that multiple is. multiple areas. Yeah, because that is a, there, that's a gap in the Appalachian Trail. Mm -hmm. Actually, where I went up to hike Mount Webster and Mount Jackson. And then from there, there's just from there all the way into Conway. It's like just stop after stop. Yeah, anything from fly fishing to kayaking to hiking. I would imagine in the winter, it is like skiing, snowshoeing, snowmobiling. Yeah. It really is an outdoor lover's paradise. Yeah, I agree. Well, one state left. One state left, on to Maine. On to Maine. We'll come back with Maine 
on the next episode of the Hashtag 59 Trail Towns podcast season. Thanks for listening, everyone. Mike R. Jill G. here. Check out our website, hashtag number5number9.com, for all of our past podcast episodes, outdoor adventure articles, trash cleanup event schedule, and ways to connect with us on social media. Until next time, happy trails, y'all.